Hi, everyone. My name is Tammy Hodge, your co-host of the Science Lab Radio podcast. Welcome to the second episode. I'm so excited to be here with you today. This podcast gives you a chance to learn from your peers teaching science labs face-to-face, hybrid, or all online. My guest today is dear friend and world-class educator in microbiology. Heidi Smith has taught microbiology at Front Range Community College for over 15 years. This, ex- this episode will help you learn how Heidi has used McGraw-Hill's virtual labs as a pre-lab to teach her students on and off campus. So Heidi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, well, thank you for being a guest on our Science Lab Radio. So let's start off uh, learning a little bit about you. So can you tell us uh, what courses you're currently teaching? Yeah, so this summer I'm teaching only fully online microbiology courses, but in a typical fall or spring semester, I'll teach online. I will teach a hybrid course, which is essentially a lecture online and lab on campus and an on and a regular on-campus face-to-face course. So actually three different formats usually during the fall and the spring. Wow, that's a lot to take on. Um, yeah. So can you tell us how long you've been teaching the microbiology lab? Yeah, I've been teaching, like you said, for over 15 years, uh, the microbiology course at Front Range Community College and, and taught in all of these different formats. Um, I've been teaching the hybrid for almost those entire 15 years, as well as the on-campus face-to-face section. Um, I started teaching fully online, like many people across the country, uh, when the pandemic hit last uh, spring. Yeah, that was a crazy time in our lives. Uh, do you think you'll continue to, to stay on the hybrid and, and completely online? Yes. So the hybrid has always been a really popular course for a lot of our students because a lot of them are non-traditional students with outside responsibilities. So that for sure will continue. In fact, we're going to start offering multiple sections of it instead of a single section like we've offered in the past. Um, We've just found a lot of students have made a good transition to online learning because they've been forced to. Uh, As far as the fully online goes, believe it or not, we are going to stay with it. Uh, I never would have imagined our campus or our college would go for it, but um, we've really seen some amazing success. And honestly, one of the things we're going to talk about today, virtual labs has been key to us feeling confident that our fully online course is rigorous and really lives up to the standards of a regular course that is on campus. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Um, So tell us why it's so important to connect with students on and off campus. Oh, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, You know, first of all, just to keep them engaged and motivated with the material. I'm finding that as the years go on over these last 15 years, um, students are less and less independent learners than they were maybe earlier in my career. Um, A lot of them need to be guided. A lot of them need to be given tools for success. Um, But, you know, from a teaching perspective, one of my major reasons is that I, I honestly believe that if we give students quality materials to work with off campus, it increases the quality of what the on-campus classes look like. So if I have adequate tools and assignments to prepare them, then when they actually come to class, I get them to engage in discussions or engage in labs or engage in group activities in a way where they're actually prepared to do so. And it it goes well versus them coming with absolutely no background whatsoever and then trying to pull off some great critical thinking exercise. So I really feel it's important to leverage that time off-campus so that we really have a better experience on campus. Well, and I I think students probably appreciate more being able to go in and have a a better understanding of what they're actually getting into, Um, because nobody wants to sit in a lab for three hours if they don't have to. 
for sure. And, you know, it, it eliminates a lot of the deer in headlights look that we're used to getting. <laughs> Students are coming a little bit more confident and feeling like they're ready to engage. Oh, that's fantastic. So before digital progressed to where it is now, how did you traditionally have your students prepare for the lab? Um, like a lot of people did, uh, basically ask them to read the lab exercise before they came. You know, lab exercise containing a little bit of background information about the lab and, and you know, about the techniques and then, you know, the procedure, of course. Um, I never required, you know, pre-lab quizzes or anything like that, but just ask them to prepare by reading prior to the digital. So what percentage of your students do you think actually did that work before they came to the lab? Um, I probably don't even want to know the truth. <laughs> I mean, if I had to guess just based on, you know, I don't know, just student, just my gut check feeling, I would say probably 10%, 15% at best, maybe read it before they came. Wow. And now with the, you know, being able to have that digital experience, uh, what percentage of your students do you think actually do the work before they come to lab? Well, by looking at the grade book, I can tell it's, it's over 95% of them that prepare before they come. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so tell me, um, what are the products that you currently use for, for pre-lab? So I'm using the virtual labs um, in Connect. Uh, pretty much the products or the exercises in those virtual labs that line up pretty well with what our wet lab experiences are. Um, and so I've been using those over the last year and a half. And are you using the adaptive pre-lab within the virtual labs as a, uh, a prep for the, the virtual lab or how are you doing uh, that? Actually, I've just kind of relied directly at this point on the, you know, kind of initial page that's in the actual virtual lab. So the, I forget what they call it at the beginning, but the introduction page that has a lot of the background, um, you know, we might talk about it a little in class, um, but they then prepare with the simulators. And then I use the connect question banks to design um, kind of what I call a, a post lab quiz experience that then they take after they come in to do the wet lab. So it's kind of a, it's a real versatile experience. I love the fact that I can kind of design it modularly and pick out the pieces that I need sort of depends on the format that I'm teaching. Okay. So um, on our webpage, we have a series of statements. Um, I'd like to read these to you and, and if you can explain if you agree or, you know, tell the audience how it works in your lab class. Sounds good. So on our webpage, um, it says build basic skills, develop contextual and procedural knowledge off campus to be applied during in-person labs. Yes, the virtual labs, that, that's a big key um, of these labs. So as we just talked about a little bit ago, you know, expecting students to read something before they come without any true, let's say, grade associated with it or accountability means that they're very unlikely to do so. And so, you know, in the past, students would come with literally no knowledge of what they were about to do. Um, the beauty of the virtual labs is it really sort of sets the stage for them as, hey, this is what you're doing. Um, this is why you're doing it, which is to me a really key piece of the lab. And then they actually get to practice it. So instead of just reading, you know, 10 or 15 steps and really maybe having no idea what it's gonna look like to do those steps, they actually get to practice them with the tools in hand. And, and therefore when they come and they see a real bench with real tools, um, they're much more prepared to grab those things in the right order and be able to conduct those procedural steps successfully and really with a lot of confidence. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so our next one, create lab prep assignments. So introduce lab equipment and techniques to achieve better outcomes in the lab. What's your perspective on that one? 
So that kind of goes along with, you know, what I just said, just students kind of seeing what they're working with before they get there. Um, I can just give you an example. I, I never thought about it in the first few years of teaching until a student made a comment to me that, you know, she didn't even know what an inoculating loop was. And just that term alone, which to any microbiologist, it's a standard tool that we use all the time. Uh, it it kind of surprised me that and made me think about the fact that so many of these students have really never touched anything that we're about to have them work with, even something as you know simple as an inoculating loop. And and you know, I start thinking about the gram stain slides that students have made in the past. They'd be terrible. You know, they'd be these thick blobs of purple stain because they put too much bacteria on it or they left the stain on too long or didn't rinse very well, you know, didn't follow the directions and timing. And now what I'm seeing is because students have an opportunity to actually practice, not touching with their hands, but touching on their screen, um, looking at the equipment that they're working with and being able to practice those step-by-step -step procedural stages, students are a lot more successful. I'm finding that they're actually starting to make much prettier slides and much nicer streak plates and things that many of us faculty know often don't turn out very well with students the first time. That's fantastic. I love to hear that. Um, okay, now to the next one. Promote accountability. So enable independent learning without partner pressure or time constraints. How does this work in your lab? This is actually a kind of a surprise finding I found with the virtual labs because I don't think I thought about it until I saw it happen. But, you know, we work in groups of four in our lab, although during COVID we were working in groups of two. And I don't think I ever really thought about the fact that in those groups, you know, there's a lot of different types of students. There's the student that probably is in the 5% that read the lab before they came, you know, and they want to get done. They want to get out of there, leave class early. And so they kind of take over and do the majority of the work, you know, and then you have that other student that literally didn't read and, and doesn't care and just wants to get out of there as well. And is happy to let that first person, you know, take over, you know, you have other students that maybe did read, but they lack confidence and they're really afraid to touch anything. They're afraid to make any mistakes. And so now that I've seen what happens when four students come prepared and come with a level of confidence because they got to practice it online, I've started to see an engagement of a team within those four students. Um, and it started to kind of point out those things that I hadn't necessarily noticed earlier um, in those different types of partner dynamics. And so I love it because before the student ever walks in the door, each and every student is held accountable to know what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how to do it. And so it really does make for a much more, um, I don't know, robust lab experience with all four partners instead of just maybe one or two of them. I love it. Yeah, I can see how that would be a big change, you know, having all of them come prepared with the same, you know, knowledge going into that lab. That's great. Yeah. Okay, last statement, increase comprehension. Students receive continuous feedback to ensure understanding of each phase in the lab simulation. So how does that work? You know, in a typical lab classroom, you know, you've got, I have 24 students. There's probably labs across the country that may have a few more, uh, you know, but you, you as one instructor really are not going to get around to all 24 of those students throughout the entire period, you know, when they need you. Um, and so, yeah, they might call you over, or ask questions, but many times they're almost afraid to do so. And so sometimes it's not until the end of the lab period where you think things have been going well for them and then they call you over and realize that they've got disaster. You know, either their slides didn't turn out or their plate isn't growing or, or whatever, whatever error they found. 
Um, and, and so what I like about the virtual labs is that the student is kind of learning. It's almost like having an instructor there with them as they go through the process to kind of point out, hey, wait, you don't want to do that. Or, hey, wait, think about this again. And so I love the fact that in the labs, there's these little like pop-up questions that come in that basically ask the student, are you sure you want to do this? And why are you doing this for some of the questions? Just to make sure that they know what they're doing. Um, I love that because it's like duplicating myself for every single student and giving them an opportunity to learn from an instructor throughout the entire lab simulation before they come. And then they need you less in the real lab. Yeah, I can I can see where, you know, m- making mistakes helps you learn. But going through two hours of lab and finding out at the very last minute that you did it wrong and it didn't turn out. Oh, that would be moralizing. Yeah, it'd be awful. It completely takes out their motivation. Um, for a lot of our students, you know, they've been trained that there's a right answer and a wrong answer. And so many times in lab, they kind of expect that they're either right or they're wrong instead of just it was successful or unsuccessful. And, and so they, they struggle when they come up with a, a bad slide or a bad plate. They feel like they've been a failure instead of just, hey, this is science. We just redo it. We replicate what we did and see if we can't do it better the next time you know, to get results. But, and so it's, it's a struggle for them and they, they get very, very demoralized when things don't turn out. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay. So for the audience, what would be the one or two tips that you would pass along to help them build the best pre-lab in Connect? Well, you mentioned the adaptive pre-lab reading. Um, I absolutely think that's a fantastic option for instructors who want to kind of provide a personalized experience for students to kind of read about what they're doing, why they're doing it. So kind of building that purpose um, and that general kind of overview of the procedure. Uh, The simulators are absolutely necessary. So picking simulators that go along with what you're about to do in wet lab Um, Even if it's not exactly the steps that you would take in the lab, it's going to prepare them with the equipment and the general procedural, you know, steps that they will follow when they're there. Um, And then I love the the connect question banks that you can use to either build um, like a pre-lab quiz. So if you want students to be able to show, say, a mastery of 80% on a pre-lab quiz before you want them to touch anything in your lab, you have that opportunity. You know, for me, I like to design it more like a post-lab quiz so that once they've, you know, done all the work up front, worked in the simulators, come to lab, actually did it with their own hands in the wet lab, I then like to have a post-lab experience to see that they really learned what I needed them to learn through those two experiences and that each individual has learned to the level I need them to. So lots of versatility. And honestly, um, you know, you can make it work for exactly what you need, depending on the format you're teaching. So a lot of flexibility is available. It's amazing. Awesome. Well, that is excellent, Heidi. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I would like to have you on future shows. Uh, Would you be amenable to that? Absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, for, to you and your students. This has been a tremendous uh, experience for me and I appreciate your partnership Um, to our audience. Thank you for listening to the episode of the science lab radio. If you could do me two favors, share the show with a friend or fellow faculty member. Also, we would love it if you could take time to click a four or five star rating in the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. That would be so amazing. See you next time on the Science Lab Radio.